0: Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Lior Arusi is the founder of Strativity Group and one of the world's leading authorities on customer experience and customer-centric transformation. Many of the world's top brands work with he and his company to drive successful change efforts. Some of these brands are Mercedes-Benz, Royal Caribbean Cruises, Thomson Reuters, HSBC, Eon. FedEx, SAP, University of Pennsylvania, and Johnson & Johnson, among many others. In addition to his work with Strativity, he has also authored a book entitled Exceptionalize It, and he's written over 250 articles for publications around the world, including, and I saw a very recent article that you did in the Harvard Business Review, and he's featured in a multitude of magazines and media outlets, including MSNBC, CNBC, Bloomberg TV, Wall Street Journal, Fast Companies, friend of the AMA, he's been here in front of our microphones before, Lior, welcome to AMA Edgewise.
1: Thank you very much for having me here.
0: Now, this book, Next is Now, Five Steps for Embracing Change, Building a Business that Thrives into the Future Here. In your experience, are most, let's say, legacy or old school organization leadership teams, are they equipped and
1: engaged as they need to be to become or be effective change agents? Well, in fact, most organizations are actually craving predictability and are craving consistency. By definition, as a result of it, they are following best practices. When you look at what best practices really means, it's what we have done in the last 5 to 10 years. So in fact, what we are seeing and what the book is talking about is that organizations and oftentimes individuals, for the purpose of predictability, are repelling change, even though they're talking about change. So they talk about change all day long, but when you try to actually start trying to change a single process in the organization, it is absolutely difficult because the organization is developed in order to have consistency and predictability. And what they're sacrificing is they're sacrificing their future. They're sacrificing their ability to adapt and stay relevant in the marketplace. So huge gap between the talk And the abilities and that gap is the operational performance of the organization.
0: It seems like so many of them are just like pounding their fists on, you know, the table for innovation. We've got to innovate. Innovate now, you know, and then you go on an innovation island and you get your Hawaiian shirt and your little drink with the paper umbrella and all that other stuff. And you get people together brainstorming and whatnot. You come out with maybe a page full of
1: ideas and nothing has ever done about that stuff, right? This is exactly what the book is talking about. I mean, we've been in over 200 transformations around the world. We had some of the largest brands allowing us the privilege to be part of their change. And we've seen them struggling. We've seen them going through the difficulties. We've seen them pretending to support it, but not really activate it. In the book, I described six different personalities of change rejections. It's amazing how creative the human mind is when they're trying to repel change. And at the heart of it is I think we're approaching change in a very, very wrong way. Mm-hmm. And as a result of it, we're not able to actually accelerate change. And that's what makes a lot of the established organizations under threat from the young ones, from the new ones, because the new ones do not have the legacy. Sure. They do not have that predictability and craving of consistency that holds them back from being able to move forward. If
0: I'm a leader and I change my opinion on things could be mission critical things often won't I be perceived as being kind of
1: wishy-washy so in the book, we're talking about the difference between tools and processes and core cause. Core cause is your purpose. It's your North Star. It's the reason why you wake up in the morning. It's the reason why you'll stay an extra hour you know, after everybody left. As long as your core cause is consistent, your tools will always evolve. I remember a case when we worked with bankers who actually felt very threatened by digital technology, and they actually told their customers, don't download the app because I'm going to get fired. and. What we did during the program, we actually helped them separate the core cause from the tools. And we said, look, your purpose is really to help people live their dreams through financial planning and financial support. Now, you used to use Abacus or maybe your predecessors. Then they put a calculator with a strip on your desk and you thought that was cool. Then there was a desktop and now you're dealing with an app. The app doesn't define you in the same way that Abacus did not define you. Those are tools. One of the hardest things for people is to separate the core cause from the tools and not allow the tools to define them, but rather stick to the core cause. The moment they do that, they create a consistency, and then whatever your changes are on the tools level, on the process level, it's not wishy-washy. It's all about finding the right way to accelerate your core cause. Before the microphones were on, you and I were
0: talking out in the hallway and Whatnot? And we were talking about passion. and What's the emotional component to your change management philosophy, and where do things like hope
1: and fear live? So one of our biggest findings during the transformation programs we have run, which we covered over 21 countries and 1 million employees, the assumption always was in change management that the problem is the future. They need to get better visibility to the future. They need to understand what's coming. They have new skill set. Our finding was very, very different. The fear that employees have actually experienced is about the past. Because the moment you come and say, from now on, we're changing to here, what they heard is everything you've done until now was wrong. So fear number one was not even the fear of the future and the skill set that I need to learn. Fear number one was, where am I filing the last 20 years of my life? Mm -hmm. If you're telling me, if you're branding them as negative, as bad, as a mistake, what am I supposed to do with myself? Now, take what we talked about earlier, which is if I associate myself with a process or a tool, I'm the CRM person, I'm the SAP person, I'm the cashier at the bank. Now I have an identity crisis because the moment you cancel cashiers in the bank, who am I? And what we found is that the fear, before you can... Create hope for them in the future. You've got to create a bridge between the past and the future, so they will not feel a crisis or a breakage when it comes to change. Change, in fact, one of the things that we try to teach them, it's about evolution more than it is about replacing one bad thing with something better. Mm -hmm. So the fear that needs to be addressed first, and that's what we talk about in the five steps in the book, is about how to understand and recognize where the past belongs and how do we evolve from it, and using the core cause allows us to build that consistent bridge between the past and the future and relieve you from the dependency on the process or on the tools mm-hmm. to define who you are mm-hmm. the moment you do that there is a huge aha moment for people and they said you know what i am not the tool i'm not the wrench i'm not the hammer i'm not the software i'm not the process i'm the impact that i'm creating for people and then i'm going to go and find the best tool to get there that turns people who've been change into change accelerators. Mm -hmm. But we need to have them understand their job is not to be process operators. They need to be impact creators. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to create the impact? Let's go and find the right tool. Mm -hmm. We talk an awful lot about leadership
0: and management and culture and things like that. But how can an individual contributor or a team member personalize his or her impact on
1: an organization-wide change initiative? When we look at the world today, we live in a world of stories. Stories that inspire, stories that leaves us with an emotional impact. And I always held the belief that an organization is not the sum total of the leadership decision. It's the sum total of the 10,000 people who work for them. And each and every one of them has the power at the moment of truth in front of whoever their customer or their core cause to make an impact and create a story. Those stories have a tendency today to spread and to inspire and to go far beyond anything else i'll give you a very interesting example after one of our programs it's an automotive client one of the technicians lowest on the totem pole went back to his unit to his dealership and he asked the ceo if he can do a quick exercise and he asked everybody to tell them who do you work for and everybody said "Oh, i work for the general manager i work for the shop foreman i work for the sales manager and he listened to everybody and said guys you're all wrong he said to them you know what i learned when i went to this change resilience program Here's what I learned. You know, our GM one day will retire. Our shop foreman may move to another state. Our sales manager may get a job somewhere else. Guess what? If they are not coming through the doors, we still have business. But if a customer will not come in, we're done. We're through. And he connected completely. I'm not the wrench operator. I'm the one who's making a difference to customers' lives. And the moment he got that, that story spread and inspired other people. Nobody ever told him to do it. Mm -hmm. But a single story today, especially with social media, can be amplified in so many ways and touch so many people. It's amazing. But even within your own team... With all the cynicism that we see today in, in the workplace, an authentic, inspiring story can go a long way further than anyone else. And and that is the first thing that I tell every CEO. You are not, your organization is not the sum total of your decisions. It's the sum total of the decisions of Susie from accounting and David from the retail stores and Joanne in the call center and Mahmoud who works at the operation. It's those people. You've got to activate them. This is about employee-led change and transformation. This is not about a CEO-led because our studies shows that only 9% of companies who went top-down in their change programs have actually been successful. 9%. Now, if you equate change management with strategy execution, you understand the magnitude of the crisis. CEOs cannot operate unless employee-led transformations will take place.
0: Here at the AMA, we pride ourselves in sort of being in the warm campfire that a new manager can warm themselves around and making the jump from individual contributor to being a manager of people of budgets of plans and stuff like that can be a pretty daunting one for people to make what's in this book for someone who is a new manager or an aspiring
1: leader so the book is actually give them and we have a whole chapter on leading and not just doing and we give them a template or a blueprint to start getting used to the new rules of the games. Because a new leader coming on board, sometimes they have a tendency of learning everything and kind of allowing the status quo to take place. And guess what? All they're doing is they're allowing the best practices to continue where you got a mandate to come and bring something new to the table. But what is their challenge? Their challenge is, I don't know everything yet. I don't have a full plan and so on and so forth. What we are charting there is lessons from leaders who have done big transformations, A, You've got to learn to live with uncertainty. You've got to learn to start building the plane while flying it. These are the new rules. Why? The scope of change and the speed of change that is taking place in the world today is so fast that you cannot afford yourself a fully built plan with all the KPIs and all the tools mapped and everything else. It doesn't work that way anymore. The biggest transformations that are taking place today, you're starting with a passion. You're starting with a core cause. You know, directionally speaking, where you want to go. But you're going to have to pivot and change a lot of times and get used to it. If you're going to wait until your full plan is going to be fully documented and validated by three different organizations, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Learn to have the courage to go and start and you're going to make mistakes in the process. But that's how big transformations are taking place. People who leave legacies, people who leave an impact on their organizations are those who are having the courage to work with uncertainty, to work without having all the answers, because that's what transformations are all about. If all the answers were ready before, somebody else would have done it for you before you came on board.
0: We've been speaking to Lior Arusi about his newest book, "Next Is Now: Five Steps for Embracing Change and Building a Business That Thrives into the
1: Future." Lior, cool stuff. Good luck with the book. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Follow American Management Association on Twitter to learn more about upcoming free programs, the latest news, management insights, and special offers. You can follow us at A-M-A-N-E-T. That's A-M-A-N-E-T. Hope to tweet to you real soon. take feedback very seriously here at the AMA. If you get a minute, you have some thoughts about this program or additional questions, just send an email to us at podcasts at amanet.org.